The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. I uh, saw a ship, and it was the weirdest thing. There was a slit in the sky, and I saw this gray turn around and stick his head you know, around the slit looking at me. Oh and God. I grabbed my camera, and I put it on him, and the camera just shut off. Tonight on an all-new Monsterland, step right up to a magical mystery tour, E-SETI. Ronnie's home video, or as I like to call it, Leaving Neverland Part 2. <laughs> a brand new game debut, your mail, our voices, let's go! Welcome to a wicked mystery. A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland Podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts. Paranormal author, researcher, and speaker, Ronnie LeBlanc. And the host of the Curse of Oak Island drilling down on the History Channel, Maddie Blake. Good evening, Ronald. Hello, Matthew. How are you? I am excited about tonight. We have a lot to get to. An incredible guest. Yes. An incredible place, Seti Ranch. If you don't know about Seti, buckle up, bitches, because this is going to be a wild ride. If you want to see UFOs, Bigfoot, Orbs, that's the place to go. It's like Disneyland for the paranormal. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, it's an incredible story. James, our guest, uh, runs Seti Ranch. Perhaps some of you have heard of Skinwalker Ranch. Um, this is not quite like that, although the basic definition is it's a place where all kinds of strange phenomena are happening. But uh, East Eddie Ranch is a special place. It's a um, it, it, it's a place where there's a lot of good things happening, a lot of unexplained things happening, and, and like I said, we'll get into all of that. Um, Ronnie, how's everything? How's, how was your week? Excellent, great week. Been fun. We got a lot of feedback from <clears throat> last week's episode, our follow-up to my paranormal special, the Oak Island Paranormal Special. Yeah, getting some good stuff. Yeah, with Brian Kano. That thing was, um, man, I don't think I've ever gotten so many comments after one of my uh, specials that I did with that paranormal one. It, it, it was definitely something that people wanted to explore. They want more. And yeah, they do. Yep. They do. And um yeah, it's it was just a really cool it was a really cool episode and it was a really cool thing to to go through. Brian was a great guest. Yeah, he was. Awesome. awesome. He's uh he's a deep cat, man. He's been doing this a long time. Yeah. And like we said in the episode, we found some stuff that you didn't hear, um, which makes me want to do more. Mm. Although it's funny, we get into it tonight with our guest James, the whole notion, and we've touched on this before, Ronald, um, the whole notion of like you want an experience, you want something to happen, and you're not ready. And then it happens and you freak out. Well, I talked to you about that one where I was inside the house and I'm like, okay, fuck this, I'm ready. I went outside in the backyard. I'm like, all right, come on, show me. And I hear this whistling sound come from the right and it started getting louder. I looked and there was an orb and it came on and it shut off like a flashlight. And I'm like, nope. And I ran back inside the house. So, yeah. It is. It's, uh, you <laughs> be careful what you ask for. Right. You might just get it. And right now, you're asking for a case file. Now let's open another Monsterland case file. All right, Ronald. Um, besides comparing you to the King of Pop and his alleged sexual escapades, which was highly inappropriate. I don't know if you, that slipped it over your head. The Neverland Ranch. 
I'm going to do that every time. I just want to say this is very insulting to my legacy. Uh, you took some home movies. Yeah, this was a few years back. And now, okay, so talk about this. This is, man, this is a, a, a Monster Line case file from our very own Ronnie LeBlanc. Yeah. Tell so me what happened. This was about three years ago. This was right around when the book came out in 2016 and uh, summertime in the backyard. And it was one of those days that just kind of, you know, you can see clouds in the video and everything like that. But I had this, I was starting to walk back in the house and something made me just stop and I turned around and it was just not a voice, like a clear voice, but just this feeling, this sense of take out your phone, point right here and film in slow motion. All right. All right. So there was nothing going on that you were filming anyway. You no, were, I didn't see anything. Okay. I just, you I, just felt compelled on this particular day. Yes. What, what were you doing at that time? Were you just yard work? It was like okay, a Saturday. Just a regular Saturday. Yep, yep. And you feel compelled for whatever reason. All right. I'm going to film. Right. And in slow motion. That was the thing. And I don't know why that was, but I held it up. I didn't look through um, you know, the phone, but I was holding it. So I'm looking with my, you know, my eyesight above the phone. So I can see there's nothing going on. I'm just holding it. And I, I just said, all right, I'm going to hold this for a minute and do it in slow motion. So I did that, recorded. I played it back. And I'm just kind of watching it and trying to see if I see anything. And it takes, you know, it plays normal for a second or two, and then it kicks into the slow motion. And as I'm watching the video, again, you're on the small screen on your phone. I watched the first time, I'm like, I don't think I saw something, but I feel like there's something there. Something's telling me there's something there. So I watch it again, and then all of a sudden I see this little glimpse of something kind of moving through the clouds, going from the left to the right. And you almost hear like this weird boomerang sound in the slow motion video when it's playing back of when it kind of spins back and I'm not sure if it was just something I was saying, but I did a, I used a, I think a, a software called review where you can kind of take a video and focus on a particular point. So I started to try to follow this object that moved from the left of the screen in the original video, just holding it still going across the screen to the bottom of the right. And so it takes a couple times. If you watch it, you can see this thing that is spinning in a circle, there's some kind of force field light thing around it, and I did a freeze frame of one of it, and it's a perfect black kind of like cylinder thing. There's no wings. There's nothing. And I'm trying to find this one picture I took of a cloud, and I had the same kind of feeling, and this was probably like a year or something before that. I pointed in the sky, and I took a picture of it, and the sun was kind of coming through the cloud, and it looks like an old-school Jordan Adamski UFO inside of the cloud. And someone's like, oh, this just looks like the shadowing. But it was like perfectly even on either side. And I'm trying to find that photo to kind of dig that one up as well. Now, at what point did you give 12-year-old Macaulay Culkin some wine? Give me dip it. Give me dip. No, this is incredible. So then, uh, yeah. uh, producer Dave, if you could please, could you go to Facebook and go to the uh, Mon at Monsterland yes, Pod? Sir. Uh, at Monsterland Pod, and we can actually watch this video. And if you're listening, we encourage you to do the same. Go to our, our Facebook page, uh, Monsterland Pod, and this video you've actually put it up there, Ronnie. I did. So I have now, the the. I, I'm going to put up the original video as well. So right now, okay. the screen shot of this flying saucer-looking uh -huh. thing, but then uh -huh. I also have the video 
that is using the review software kind of showing it. Yeah. And when I did the main video, I found seven different UFOs. Holy jeez. I swear to God. And it's not like it's a bug or a, a... you can see these things actually going through the clouds, which are far away and zipping. And there's some kind of rotating. We, we talk with James Gilliland tonight about the wheel within the wheel mm. in Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, you know, with, with seeing that UFO. It's very similar. Mm. That is a thriller is and a half. Page? Keep going. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, You'll see. That's yeah, going to be from me. You put it on, on, on ours, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, keep going. going. It is it, it. What's weird, Ronnie, is it reminds me of uh, Monica, yes, who, who sent who, yes. who had the picture right outside Monsterland. There it is, right outside Monsterland. It looks like the same thing almost. It does, and this is very close to that same location Holy within a shit, mile. It is. It's within a mile of where she. So, but this is three years old. Yes. So it's all right. You can see it when it's coming okay, back. Here, here it comes, right across the screen. Oh, there it is. It almost looks like it's... Oh, my God. And you didn't see that with your naked eye. No. Now, this is in slow motion, and this thing's moving. That's slow motion right there? Yes. Oh, my God. That's why your human eye can't see it. The naked eye cannot see this. All right. Go to to our Facebook page. And if you can blow that up the whole screen, maybe, but... Monsterland Pod, it's it's about five or six videos down. Ronnie the Blank, it's it's his post, and you'll see the video. Ronnie, that's incredible. And what's more incredible too about it is that you were just like compelled for some strange reasons. Look at that thing. What the hell is that? <laughs> Honest to God, it's moving bizarre. It's another one of those examples too of like it almost looks fake to our eye because right. we probably can't comprehend how it's moving. You know what I mean? It's and like, there's a move here I don't understand. It's like tumbling. So, so no, it, when it comes back again, watch this. It does something weird. Like it almost jumps to the other side. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to follow this. Yeah, it kind of almost and then, disappears and then for it, a second. Wow, dude. And it does. The still of it is what is creepy too because... It does look like uh, the picture that we posted last week from Monica, and it was a mile from there. And then what did Brian say last week the in our episode? Brian said the paranormal, it doesn't sleep, right? Right. It happens during the day, but you have to be looking for it. So like um, Monica's uh, photo from last week, and then this, these are daylight. And she didn't see it either with her no, naked eye. No, she did not. Oh, my God. She did not. Uh, all right. Well, great job, Ronnie. A nice old piece of footage. Yeah, but, thank uh, you. You stumbled upon it. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was trying to clean up the phone, and I was like, oh, my God, I, f- I forgot about I had this there. So. Yeah. Wow, man. Crazy. All right, so check that out. Let us know what you think, uh, and you can send us your videos. You can post on our Facebook page, our Instagram, our Twitter. You all know how it's done. Well, let's talk about our guest with no further ado, Ronnie. This guy is phenomenal. He runs ESETI Ranch. ESETI is an acronym. stands for Enlightened Contact with extraterrestrial intelligence, James Gilliland. And this guy, <laughs> if you don't know about ESETI, if you're, if you're into the paranormal, you know. If you're one of our many fans who stumbled upon us either through Oak Island or through Ronnie's uh, book or maybe through the radio show, however you found us and you don't know about ESETI, go to their site, ESETI.org. Again, it's an acronym, so it's E-C-E-T-I.org, just like it sounds, ESETI. And they have 
video that will blow your mind. They just constantly, they've for years now, and it's going on as we speak. Yeah. Um, This is in Trout Lake, Washington, Washington State, um, and right at the foot of Mount Adams. And to the left of this is Skamania County, which is a big, Bigfoot hotspot research area. Hmm. Um, Well, he comes up in this interview, by the way. Yes. And and this is supposed to be a former crystal, or it is a crystal city. So the Native Americans talk about it as a place that they would take their injured warriors, uh, people that were sick and dying, and take them through this doorway that they would get healed and come out a day or two later. So there's underground civilizations that are living in our earth and different beings that are coming in here through a multidimensional doorway in Mount Adams, which is... Well, the, the, <laughs> and, the, and these craft, you can just look for yourself. Don't even let us... You can just search UFO videos from East Eddy Ranch, and it's just continuous. There's so many anomalies flying over these people. They've got them on tape. They've got tons of footage flying right over the mountain, illuminating from 13 miles away, super bright, um, over, powering over, up. Over 10,000 witnesses. <laughs> And then uh, orbs floating around them, uh, people... Ascended masters. Showing up, getting pictures, and now Bigfoot, we find out, is there. Um, It is a magical place. And there's, by the way, a lot of healing that goes on there, too. You can go to East Eddy Ranch, contact them if you'd like to do, like, I think they do a three-day journey, um, and you can go there and attend it and, and see for yourself. They have conferences, workshops, healings. It's really a special and and kind of magical place, and we get into it with James. Um, Now, (laughs) as has happened on this podcast with certain people like James, who are big-time experiencers at magic places like Isetti, guess what? We had technical problems. It's really unbelievable. Shocker. When we have a freaking author on who just like wrote a book, nothing happens. But we have one of these guys on. It's like all hell breaks loose. Literally, his phone just died. Like, and and then we had him on the Zencaster, which is how we, you know, you might one, you might wonder how we do it because our guests aren't here most of the time. We use a a thing called Zencaster, and it sounds like they're in the room with us. It's fantastic technology. Um, but you know, soon as James started talking about the woo woo stuff, it starts <laughs> chewing up, and <laughs> we're expecting it too. Like here we go, here, here we comes. go. So we, you'll notice. Uh, a little bit of the interview sounds like he's here, yeah. and then we stop down and we get him on his phone, but we'll clean all that up. But in case we reference it, that's what happened. We had some technical problems. But, um, boy, if you are looking for proof. And this photographic evidence throughout his website tons. of these. All right, what's amazing to me is the Ascended Masters. There's multiple photos of them appearing at the ranch. There's also photos of... Pleiadians, Arcturians, all these different types of races. Mm. One of them being these uh, Syrians, which are, they're like a cat-like people, almost like Avatar. Really? And there's an image, there's a photo of of one of these, kind of up close, very ethereal kind of looking, but you can make up the face and the eyes. It's in a cat-like features. It's oh my unreal. God. Yeah, there's photos like people were having contact with some beings, uh, alien beings, and they actually just took a, f- they felt a presence, right. took photos of nothing, kind of like you with the UFO there, Yeah, didn't see anything in live time, developed the photos, and you see this shadowy figure of a person or these bright blue eyes. It's really it's amazing. And there, um, yeah, there's, a, there's another world, there's other worlds that are intersecting with our own that we're starting to kind of, the veil's being lifted. You know, we're starting to see this. I love it. So here's our interview with James. 
He runs Eseti Ranch. And by the way, we got the invite. We're going, baby. Oh, yeah. Dabby dabby. James, uh, so this is Ronnie. I've been wanting to come to your ranch for years, man. Yeah, you have to come check it out for yourself. I always tell people, uh, come see for yourself. I, uh, yeah, and you're having your conference July 4th? Yeah. Awesome. We're going to try to come out there. Yeah, we just put it up on the list. Uh, we just put it on the site. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, I just saw it right now. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and it's all of a sudden, boom, man, tickets are going <laughs> like crazy. James, Great. how does it work? Like, do people, you know, do people live there? I mean, I've watched and read a bunch about Seti. But do people live there? And then I know you have all kinds of, I took a virtual tour online, basically, where you see the entrance yeah. and where you sign in and all that. How, how does it work? And how do you determine who gets to go and for how long? Well, we usually have a three or four day limit because the energy here is so strong. People, all their stuff comes up, you know, and they start wigging oh. out. But, oh, no. <laughs> but no, usually it's okay. It's usually okay for most people. But just, you know, people are on the edge. They get, yeah. they just get pushed, pushed, you know. So would but, you uh, would you say there's about ten thousand people that have been there from since you've been doing this for thirty years? Oh God, more than that. Oh my God, how many would you say? Well, I mean, just the conferences. We've had conferences where there's three hundred people here, and then we've been having about fifty, sixty people every weekend. Wow! So I haven't really done the math. James, I'm going to break all my rules uh, in in interviewing here, and I, I usually try to kind of do it in order and walk someone down the path, and then kind of. But I want to I want to just dive in to my last question first, in a way. Sure. Um, you know, I've spent now hours watching footage, and you speak and show your footage from Eseti. Um, what do you think you're looking at? Like, what are these lights, and what do they have to do with the orbs, if anything? Like, if you can, just kind of nutshell for you, what is going on at East Eddy Ranch? What is it? Well, it's it's there's it's a multidimensional experience, and so it's not just one thing. And a lot of people want to pigeonhole, you know, UFOs into one category. And, you know, some people will say, you know, it's all negative, it's not demonic, and other people will say it's all it's all positive, you know, and then other people say it's, it's, uh, you know, Nazis and back engineered ships and it's all abductions. And, you know, there's so many different pieces to this. puzzle. And, uh, you know, some people say it's time travel. Some people say it's multidimensional. And the problem with this enigma is it's all the above. Hey, uh, James, and, sorry, we're getting, we're getting some interference. Um, who would have guessed that the connection to East City <laughs> Ranch, we're having some problems. Uh, so uh, there's one or two ways we could do it. We could try to reconnect on Source Connect, like try to do it again and hope it fixes, or we could just do the good old-fashioned phone call. Um, yeah. Why don't, yeah, we can, we can do that. Do you want to reconnect? Yeah. All right, James, let's try this again. Okay, I've got my... Uh, Put my headset in for this one right now. Great. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Sure, it's going to work good. Yeah, sounds more oh, okay. like a traditional interview, oh, but, there we um, go. but it's clear. It's not, at least it's not muddy. We'll just start yeah. from the top again with Maddie's. Maddie wants to start with the All question. All right. Yeah. Again. So, so, James, um, I think we should be re reference the fact that we had technical problems <laughs> <laughs> with the guy from Eseti. <laughs> uh, does that kind of thing happen to you, James? Are they messing with you, kind of? Do they. Do they Play oh, games? constantly. Like, to what end? Like, to what end do you think that these entities would do something like that, you know, interfere with technology? 
Well, they, you know, what's interesting, the grays can really mess with your technology. They're, they're very good at that. And I think they can just do it with their mind. Um, whenever we're, we have some really good footage or something, we end up finding out it's all messed up on the camera or we can't download it or, or something, you know, of that nature. So they, they kind of have a habit of doing that. And I don't know if they're doing it with their own minds or technology or whatever, but, uh, uh, they do mess with equipment quite a bit. And, and I've had, uh, I was way up in the outback up there and I, I, uh, saw a ship and it was the weirdest thing. There was a slit in the sky and I saw this gray turn around and stick his head you know, around the slit looking at me. Oh and I God. grabbed my camera and I put it on him and the camera just shut off. And when I turned it the other way, I could film. But as soon as I aimed it at the ship, it would just shut off, you know, so, so they can take over your cameras really easy. Oh, my God. That, I, I saw one picture you had. It was stunning of um, in one of your presentations. And it was a UFO. I'd never seen anything like it in all the UFO footage and things I've looked at and pictures. It, it's like you captured a UFO coming out of a wormhole. Like you mentioned the word slit, and it looks like the UFO is yeah. coming into or going out of a, a slit in the sky. It's incredible. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a vortex here right on the property. The whole property is a major uh, stargate. It's a vortex. And then uh, so they, they appear here all the time. That's why we see so many ships and you know, people will come here and, you know, on a really slow night, we'll see maybe 12 ships and, and sometimes we'll see up to 200, but, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy, but we've got photographs of just about everything. You know, we've got physical ships, um, light ships, you know, pink, green, blue, purple ships, every color, uh, you know, giant pyramid ships, triangle ships, uh, just about everything. And so, a lot of people say, well, that's the military. And I said, well, I don't think the military has that big of an arsenal. I know they back-engineered quite a few things, but there, there's just too much going on here. Yeah. Now, the, the James, the, uh, this is Ronnie, the legend with the area is that, I guess, in Mount Adams, there, there was or there is a crystal city, and there was a doorway that was open where the Native Americans were bringing their injured to get healed. And then that was somewhat closed up. Is that kind of, you talked a little bit about early off the air about what's really kind of going on there. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, the Native American legends talk about that, and they have a lot of information about it. And what happened is our technology was advancing much faster than our spirituality, and, and we're becoming kind of dangerous on the surface. So they had to close off the door, and they couldn't, you know, interact anymore. But the area has a real long history. You know, Kenneth Arnold actually lost sight of the UFOs when they descended on the western slopes of Mount Adams, and that's my front yard, basically. Mm. And uh, Kenneth Arnold, uh, Kenneth Arnold, I'm trying to think who else. Um, oh God, what's his name? The old guy, that swamp cast guy. He he did he- a Heineck, Doctor Heineck. Heineck, yeah, he did a bunch of, and he his reports. He saw these lights just dancing all over the place, and and he couldn't. Uh, wrap his head around it. David Akers, I think Greg Long, all these people have done research up here. So there's, there's a long history of activity up here. The fire tower spotters, you know, have, have seen the ship. So it's, it's pretty much ongoing. You know, it's never, what's interesting here is that this isn't like talking about something that happened, you know, in the 60 years ago or whatever, it's still happening now. It's not like a, not like you're trying to prove something happened in the past. You can just come out and, and film it just about any time. The other thing that seems unique about 
Isedi, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's just my impression is that some of these other sites that we talk about seem to have a maybe a malevolent feel to them, like a skinwalker or something. There's kind of a shadowy. Yeah. Yours seems to be all about light and love, and people right. go there. Is that because of you, James, mostly, or is that just kind of the way it's played out? Well, it's really important to you know establish a frequency and maintain that frequency. And so we've been doing years of ceremony here, you know, with all different types of elders. Uh, we teach uh, self-mastery, intersensitivity training, and, and uh, also ambassador training classes here. And, you know, every day, like three or four times a day, we're clearing the energy here and uh, keeping the frequencies up. So, you know, you're right about these other ranches. People have invited me to come out to those other ranches, and I said, hell no, I'm not going out there. <laughs> I, yeah, I've got enough on my plate already. I don't want to go looking for it, you know. But so there is there there can be a malevolent side to this. Like there are bad aliens. As I hate to use that expression, but yeah. Well, that's one of the things that uh, you know. I didn't want. I don't want to mention Dr. Greer's name, but uh, <laughs> Stephen Greer. Dr. Stephen says, Greer, right? He says there's no negative ETs, and I think that is the most irresponsible thing I've ever heard. You know, because you know if you look at all the ancient texts you know, the Nag Hammadi, and you look on the Egyptian walls and everything, they have all the levels, and they explain to you, you know, who's on those levels. And, you know, there's discarnate spirits. Some people call them, like, demonic-type beings. There's greys. There's reptilians. There's all these beings that you're better off not, you know, working with. And, and, uh, and you know, we've been under this draconian grid for thousands of years, and now we're finally breaking out of it with help from the benevolent ones. But... But the, uh, you know, it, it, you know, he was saying just open up. We have to stop being spiritual snobs, and we have to open up to anything and let them come in and take over our bodies. And I'm just going, are you serious? You know, that, <laughs> that you know, we have a saying: just because you're dead doesn't mean you're enlightened, and just because you're an ET doesn't mean you're benevolent. And, mm. and that saying is is very true. James, talk about the ascended masters because that's something that I've been kind of gravitating towards and wanting to learn more about, and you've actually had some pictures of them, and can you talk, people that don't know about the Ascended Masters, could you talk about that a little bit? Exactly. Um, well, when I first started here, um, I had a near-death experience, and I crossed over, and I went through the tunnel everybody talks about, and I was hanging around what I call the source, you know, the source itself, and it was a golden white light, just pure bliss energy. There's no words for it. And when I came back, I could found out I had a, a gift. I could go up and down the continuum there. Sorry about that. I got to turn my ringer off. But uh, um, the, uh, and so the first, you know, I was contacted by, you know, with the Ascended Masters and other beings, you know, uh, up the vibration continuum. And I was creating a healing center here and a process-oriented therapy center here. And I didn't really wasn't really into UFOs. I figured, yeah, they're probably real. I'm sure there's there's a massive amount of planets and, and out there and suns and things like that. There's, you know, I think there's about 200 billion in our little Milky Way alone, you know, mm. stars with planets revolving around them. And then, and that's just this dimension and this galaxy, there's 500 billion galaxies. So, uh, and then you add all the other dimensions to that. How could there not be life? It's just insane to think there isn't other life out there. But but the, uh, you know, just, I was having, doing all day meditation and one day I felt this pure blissful energy come in 
And uh, it turned out, uh, when I asked them where they're coming from, and they said, we're on the fifth and sixth dimension. We work in those two dimensions. And and then I asked them, and they said, actually, we're on a ship. And I thought, okay, I've gone crazy here, because I'm just, I was just working with like Baba G and Mary and, and Kuan Yin and some of the other masters, you know, and, uh, the, uh, you know, I thought I was losing it. And I said, I got to go outside and start digging, plant some trees to get grounded again. And, and my sisters came up and, and their friends and they're banging on the door, you know, and they go, I came outside and they go, did you see it? Did you see it? And I said, see what? And there was a huge ship, you know, hovering right oh. over that light ship hovering over the house. Wow. So, so that was my first, contact but then i found out later on i had all these other contacts as a kid i just didn't understand them i didn't know what they were i just thought they were like weird dreams and vivid dreams and and things of that nature but you know it's like when i started out i was working with a lot of the masters and uh uh you know beings on the fifth dimension on up you know to the seventh up now now we've got 13th dimensional beings coming in here but but the, uh, you know, it's just kind of natural uh, form of progression. What I, what I found out is on the path to enlightenment, these beings find you, the spiritually and technologically advanced beings. You put out an energy signature and they find you and they, and they go, hey, we can work with this guy. You know, right. <laughs> he's on the right path. It makes sense if you're, yeah, if you're radiating, it's like a tuning fork, I'd imagine, right? Like you're radiating a certain energy, other beings w- with that energy can pick up on it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a sympathetic resonance, you know. Mm. It's uh, they they pick up your frequencies, and they're on the same frequency. And when you raise in consciousness in your meditations, when you do your your healing work and your process oriented therapy work, and raise your frequencies, you're going to be you know much easier to work with. Um, and Ronnie was mentioning before we had some technical difficulties about. You know, with all the incredible craft, light craft, UFOs you see there, mixed with orbs, mixed with um, ascended masters, mixed with all this stuff. Also, our good friend Bigfoot has uh, popped up. Tell us about the Bigfoot connection. Well, there's a family that hangs out here that comes through, but most of our sightings are with a youngster, and he's kind of a, a he's kind of a little trickster. He likes messing with people. And he'll run right up to you and, and skid and stop and smile and then run off and and then just phase out. And and we put peanut butter out for him and bananas and they they love peanut butter and bananas and apples and things. But uh and they disappear, you know, nobody and I haven't really cared about photographing them. I it's for some reason it's not that important to me. I, I don't want people hunting them or, you know, right messing with them. But uh <clears throat> the uh there are people that have gotten photographs of them you know, phasing in and out here, but there's the the main thing is there's been so many eyewitnesses. There's a couple brothers here that were camping out, and he came walking right up to them, and they said the energy exchange was was so powerful they couldn't even when they started to talk about it, they just broke down and started crying. Oh it was like God. it was so yeah, it was so powerful the energy exchange, and they said these guys are. Uh, they're not dumb apes. I go, they're, they're incredibly powerful, you know, very spiritually advanced. And, and I've had, let me see, I've had one, two, three, I've had about five sightings myself in, wow. in different locations, not just here. And, uh, and actually Clyde Lewis that has ground zero radio, mm-hmm. he came out of the, 
guest house here, and, and he looked over, and one was picking apples right in front of him. And it turned around and smiled at him, and then it just it ran off. And I came around the corner, and I saw it running off. And it went through these trees that were interwoven that's really tight, and the branches didn't move. And I go, how in the heck, you know, I go, who's that guy? You know, like, like how in the heck did he do that? And, uh, oh, it just turned Clyde Lewis upside down, but, but he didn't want to talk about it. He wouldn't go on the radio and talk about it. And then I brought him photographs of the footprints and things like that, and then he said, because, okay, you know, I'm going public. And, you know, one way you can really tell if it's a Bigfoot or not, there's a lot of hoaxes out there, yeah. but uh, Bigfoot has a hinged foot. It's, it's the mid, like an, the mid-tarsal it, ridge. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a human foot. It's a hinged foot. And you'll see that hinge in a, in a footprint. And if you don't see that hinge, you know, it's just somebody with big feet, you know, or, or yeah. somebody made it, made made some footprints or things like that. But you know, there's there's just so, been so many witnesses. I I just stopped cataloging them. Um, wow. You know who is here is uh, Larkin O'Toole, uh, Peter O'Toole's son. Oh my God! Wow, wow. Yeah, and he had an encounter with Bigfoot. And there's a woman named Tiffany, and I've got that. I think I'm gonna. Uh, we just redid our website, and I have to reload a lot of that stuff, but I'll put sure. it up there. But I've got, you know, her her talking about what happened and and. Uh, you know, they they walked right up on it, and uh, it turned around and looked at them. And it was standing next to a van, and so you could tell how tall it was just by by the van. You know, you go over there and look at the van, and they showed how much higher than the van it was. You know, but it was it was a good eight feet plus. You know, we just had a really just a few episodes ago. Um, we had a compelling witness, someone that you know, uh, someone close to the show knows and trusts had a Bigfoot sighting here in Monsterland and described the Bigfoot. You just mentioned the word of uh, the phrase, it, it phased out. He said that it, when it walked away from him, he watched it basically disappear, you know, kind of camouflage with the forest. His arm just kind of dematerialized as it walked away. Um, my question to you is, in your expertise there at East SETI, and, and another abductee we had, it was funny, it was all about aliens and UFOs and all of a sudden, or so we thought, he was telling a traditional abductee story about being, you know, abducted with the aliens. It was all fine. It was all good. But then I said, were these grays? Or He goes, no, no. They were like tall, hairy, beautiful hair. He basically described a Bigfoot on the craft, by the way. So my, yeah. my question to you is, do you think these Bigfoot are more like ancient peoples that know that these star peoples exist? Or do you think they are also aliens? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's. There's more to it. Um, there, there is a Bigfoot that's pretty primitive. That uh, um, actually, a lot of Native Americans had trouble with some of these guys in the past. They're very primitive, and then there's one that's more advanced. That's a lot more very spiritually advanced. It kind of phased in and out. And we've also found we found some long hair that looked just like Bigfoot hair, and we had it analyzed. And what they said was that it was hollow. It was three and a half, almost four feet long. It was perfectly hollow, and it was silicon-based with other trace minerals. And they said, we can't create a fiber like this. And, and we had a, a fiber specialist and a forensic guy looking at it, and they, they couldn't identify it at all. So, uh, mm. And they said it, it had a crease in it, like it fell from a very high place. It had a, a crease in it. So I, I, my theory is that, that the UFOs have them. 
uh, and work. They work with the more benevolent ones, the very spiritually advanced ones. They also have uh, like an android that they use, and then there's a more primitive one as well. So yes, and <laughs> wow. yes to all in a way. Yeah, wow, uh-huh. amazing. I know that sometimes after a sighting, you have military craft. Uh, oh yeah, unmarked. Yep, black helicopters, uh, black helicopters, uh, fighter jets, unmarked fighter jets, which. We all know you you know is technically illegal, um, kind of a black ops type of thing. Have you had any bad experiences to that end, or you just see these things and that's the end of it? Well, it's mainly intimidation. We had a guy here; it was really interesting. I've got the photographs, the footage. I don't have it because um, he got raided when he got home. They came and stole his camera, but he shared with me the photographs uh, before that of of a black helicopter chasing a UFO. And it was oh, no wow. contest because because the helicopter would come on a UFO and it would just disappear and it'd reappear right behind the helicopter and he'd make a big turn and come back and it would disappear and reappear on its tail again and it did that for quite a while just playing you know with the helicopter. Wow, Man. I mean that's scary. You do you ever fear that? Um you know, it might be more than just a flyby someday. I mean, the, the, I'm watching video right now. Our producer Dave has just played it. Is it is frightening to see something that low? Clearly, you're right. Intimidate, <laughs> intimidating is the word. They're almost turning themselves to you so they can see. You can see in the cockpit, but they're completely. Oh yeah, black. and you see you yeah, and you see them with equipment. You know, all kinds of cameras and equipment. Yeah, and, strange and equipment, equipment that you wouldn't see on a helicopter. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I know people in the Air Force and I showed them this footage of some of these helicopters and they said, you know, those aren't ours, but we do know who they are. And when they land, they can't go near them. They have to stay so many yards away from them and they feel themselves. And nobody mean the the Air Force guys can't go near them. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. They can't go near them. They're like top, top secret, you know, so if they they have to land and fuel up the base, you know, they can't go near them. Oh is that is that are those agency um, helicopters, you think, or something else? Well, I think they're part of a group. Um, what's i tell you what's really interesting. Do you remember they downed, uh, it was, a, I think it was a plane in China or somewhere. They, they took this plane down and got all the guys off of it. And it was a spy plane or whatever. When they got these guys off, they had the exact same uniforms of the guys flying the these helicopters so oh my they God. it's kind of like a brown it's a brown jumpsuit that they wear uh and it has some kind of an insignia on it and you know they came down and, and were like a foot off the ground and i could see a mole on the guy's face i mean that's how close they were uh, and then they took off again wow uh, oh, man Jeez. If I had a chain, I, if I had a chain, I could have like flung a chain at him. It would have been all over. But mm. you know, it's like I just, I just don't want to go that route. You know, it's, yeah. it's like they have their they have their job, and you know they, you know. But what's really funny is all they have to do is call me up and say, "Hey, you know, come on over, have <laughs> yeah, some yeah. Coffee, come hang see. out, yeah. camp you, out. I'll you, tell you everything I know." <laughs> yeah, if they're if they're looking for information, more information on these things, you would be a great resource yeah. for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I'm not hiding anything from them. Right. James, t- can you talk about orange orbs? We have a lot of sightings. I've had eight experiences now with them, kind of up close and personal. I've had a small one actually inside my house. Um, can you talk about what those are? Were they, was it bright orange or was it a murky orange? Bright. Yeah, if they're really bright orange, those are just beans. Um, 
they're just beings without bodies. And so and we have every color of orbs uh, filmed. And some you go into and you see other worlds into when you blow these orbs up and things like that. But most of them are just beings uh, without bodies. Like there's a level of us when you move up the vibration continuum and you get past the body and the astral body and the, and the spirit body and, and you go above there, you're an orb actually. And, and so these are just different types of beings that, and a lot of the ETs can project themselves as an orb and they have 360 degree vision and they can go and check you out, you know, and, and uh, transfer information and things like that, even do healing work too as well. Yeah, because when I've had those experiences with orange orbs, there was always a feeling of this is a special experience. This is we're not from around here kind of thing. That that kind of vibe uh-huh. is what I would get. And it's always been a positive thing. It's never been a, a negative experience for me. Yeah, there's some, like, when I've seen people doing black magic or, or uh, things of that nature, um, they get these really brown, murky, murky brown orange orbs. And those you want to... That's where you have to learn how to heal, you know, unseen mm. negative influence and learn how to clear that energy away. But, uh, you know, there are some, not very often, most of the orbs are just, you know, beings cruising around, little light beings cruising around. Oh, um, James, I want to go back to your near-death experience. Um, I believe it was, it, you drown, is that correct? Yes. Uh-huh. And I wanted you to just kind of, I don't know, I'm just, I feel like a voice inside me telling me to have you do this. So I think someone listening to the podcast needs to hear this. That's just what I'm being kind of told right now. Um, okay. I feel like someone's listening who, um, you know, and I'm not trying to play like, what's that psychic's name on a Miss Cleo. I'm not trying to play that, but I just feel <laughs> yeah, yeah. this question just came into my head and it was, it was urging me to have you say this yeah. is that someone I sure. think might need to hear like that there is something after death. And, um, could you kind of provide words of comfort or at least your experience of what's on the other side? Yeah, well, I was about body surfing, and there's like six to eight foot waves, and I was on the swim team and all that stuff. I felt like I was bulletproof in the water, and I got, you know, humbled by these sneaker waves that came in, and they're 25 to 27 foot waves just out of nowhere, and I got slammed really hard with one and just knocked the wind out of me and dislocated my shoulder, and then after the third wave, I gave up, and I went through the tunnel that everybody talks about, and during the movie, Contact Has Begun, they actually replicated that event and did a great job. But I just went through this tunnel and I, I was going through all these levels and there was people uh, trying to, you know, to get a hold of me as I went through these other levels and their relatives and past life connections and things like that. And for some reason I had some inner training that said, go to the, go to the golden light. Don't stop. You know, don't just put, focus on the golden light and just keep going. And so I did, and I ended up in this, what I call, they call it the plane of bliss. And you're in this golden light, and you're surrounded by the most loving, joyous, blissful energy that you can't, words can't explain it. You're just, it's just unbelievable. And and you're a light being now, but you're surrounded by a, a greater consciousness and energy or greater light. So you're you're actually a light being inside the light. And I was having a conversation with it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a little old man with a beard and it wasn't a female. It was just pure consciousness and energy. And the first thing I asked was, how can I stay? Because I was just so blissed out, you know, it was, it was, there's no words for that. And 
it came back to me and said, I never told one of my children when to come or go. That's free will. And then the next thing I asked was, how can I earn, you know, how can I stay? You know, how can I earn the right to stay? And it came back to me and said, you cannot earn what is given freely and unconditionally. And I'm going, wait a second. This isn't the God I was taught about in Catholic school. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, you know, and so, and then the next thing I asked was, how can I serve? Because you just want to give something back. You're just so grateful for that experience and that energy. And I waited and waited and nothing. I didn't hear anything. And I was just floating in this pure blissful state. And then finally it came back to me and says, it said to me, what do you want to do? Oh, and you, and then the black ops said, you're done. James, are you there? We just lost this you, This is unbelievable. We just lost James. This is, this. <laughs> oh. James, they didn't want us talking to you. Hey. <laughs> we got you back. Uh, no black ops, right? No one showed up, right? What's that? <laughs> no black ops, right? No one, no one showed up. No, no, that was weird. It just shut off. It did. did. Yeah. Yeah. You're in it your mind. Just yeah. shut off. You said uh, the last thing you said, I think, was uh, what do you want to do? Right. From, oh, okay. From yes. the being. All right. So I can take it. Yeah, perfect. Can we just take it from there? Yeah, perfect. Okay, so the, what I asked was, uh, you know, how can I serve? What can I do? And, and it came back to me and said, what do you want to do? What brings you joy? And I said, I wanted to come back and teach people about the true nature of God, that it's not this, this dude, you know, that with the laptop and a lightning bolt that's going to punish people. There, there's no jealous, wrathful God. It doesn't even have an ego. It can't even judge. It's beyond all that. And, uh, and so, you know, I heard, as you wish, and then they pulled me in, you know, out of the water and uh, woke up in a puddle of water after that. And uh, so that was it. That was the experience. But having that door opened like that, it, it stayed open. And then I studied for years with yogis and lamas and and even Native American elders. And, and, uh, and I studied every process-oriented therapy you could imagine, basically. And... Uh, you know, just keeping that door open and, and trying to recreate that experience. Mm, amazing story. James, what's what's coming around the corner, do you feel, in the next year or so with the whole Tom DeLonge thing, uh, <laughs> to the stars? And yeah. what do, you, do you feel like we're going to see some kind of event or some kind of big encounter uh, for people to kind of really start to wake up? Well, the problem with a lot of those venues is it's the same folks every time. You know, you look at the people behind it, and it's the same group. And, uh, and you know, it's, they, they just, you know, they, they come up with all the same information. You know, big hype, it's going to happen. And then you look at who's behind it, it's the same group, and then it never happens. And, and so I think it's really important for people to make their own contact you know, to, it's all about intention. And if you put your intention there, you go to places where there's a lot of activity, you meditate, you raise your frequencies, you can have your own contact. Um, we, we don't need to keep giving our power away to, you know, other people outside of ourselves. And, and I've just seen over and over, 
uh, a lot of these groups and and are not what you think they are. You know, they have mm-hmm. connections with they have connections with like the Podestas and the Clintons and mm-hmm. the Rockefellers, and they brag about them, and they have this big money behind them and that big money, and and uh, you know some of them are are just not what you think they are. You know, they they keep talking about we're going to do it. You know, we've got this this millionaire behind us, and then it just nothing happens. Nothing ever happens. So so it's um, what I've done here is that I've focused on. Uh, teaching people how to have their own contact, how to make their own contact, and how to, you know, some of the pitfalls, how to avoid those, how to clear unseen negative influences, and and uh, you know, it's it's all about consciousness. And a lot of people being contacted all the time, and they don't even know it. They don't know who it is right. that they're talking talking to. You know, they think they're talking to angels and things like that, and they're actually talking to Pleiadians or. You know, and Mother Mary and the Palladians are like hand in hand. That divine feminine energy, it's all tied together. Well, I mean, at at some point, um, you know, it might be semantics in terms of, you know, if you read the New Testament and the conversion of Saul, I mean, that's like a UFO story. So maybe what we call angels in one age, we now call extraterrestrial or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, it's, oh, yeah. Well, Elijah, Elijah sent in a fiery chariot, yeah. you know, and he used to go... He used to go over to the river Chabar, and he would see the lights and talk to the lights over. Right. And then, you know, Ezekiel, look at Ezekiel. A shiny disc comes out of the firmament. It has right. bronze feet like calves. It has fire and brimstone coming out from underneath it. And when it lands, it sounds like a thousand rushing rivers, you know. And then right. Is, then the little cherubim come out of it with wheels within wheels with flashing lights all around him. And so if if we look at things with the knowledge we have today... It's it's like um, you know, in those times, the science of today would be uh, seen as gods. You know, if if we were to land in a helicopter, they would just right probably bow down to us. You know. Yeah, there's a there's an author that we're having on in, in upcoming weeks, who's written a very interesting book. She's a, a you know a Catholic scholar uh, was her expertise, uh, and and she was saying mm-hmm. that the pictures in the Vatican that her grandparents would have seen as angels, her students at her class go to the Vatican and look at the same pictures and say, oh, my God, a UFO. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's undeniable. I mean, you see Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist, and there's this big gold disc above him with the beam of light coming down. You know, there's frescoes uh, everywhere, which is undeniable UFOs in them with real Mm. people, you know, coming off the UFOs. So what happened is, is in the ancient times everybody knew about it and then around the the late 50s and especially in the 60s they started really putting down the ufo and branding everybody is crazy and everything because they had ufos they were back engineering so there was a a major movement you know with deadly force actually you know to shut Mm. people up that knew about the ufos so so and now that's lightened up, and they're chilling out on that aspect of it because they can't really hide it anymore. But yeah. uh, uh, you know, it's 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 always been a part of our history. Our you know people have a hard time with this, but the Earth was colonized not more than once. <laughs> you know, you mean by by them? Yeah, yeah. If you want to see an ET, just go in the bathroom and turn on the light and look in a mirror. Wow! <laughs> you know? wow. Right? wow! Yeah. Now, w- all right, so. We're all on board. You know, we're all believers, obviously. Ronnie and I are experiencers, and, and 
multi aspects of all of this. Um, but let me let me ask it this way. You know, you mentioned it's all about consciousness, um, and I want you to kind of go deeper into that because, like, Grant Cameron always says, I think he calls it the circus, right? He says there's the show, and they get your attention with the show and then the message. Is that what they're mm-hmm. doing? Like, all those awesome pieces of video you have and everyone oohing and on at the lights and the orbs and all that, is that all to the just the point of them affecting our consciousness? And if that is true, I hate to sound like Larry King, but why don't they just come down and say it? You know what I mean? I, I hate to be that yeah, crass, yeah. but why don't they? Is that just the rules of the game or what? Well, it's, it's like a preparation and they have to do it a little bit of time. Most people aren't ready. You know, I, I've had people stay there already and the next thing you know, they're running over and hanging onto a tree, you that know, would, freaking out. James, that would be Maddie. Shut up. That no, would be Maddie. Shut up, Nolan. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, so, so anyway, um, so it, you know, it, you really think you're ready until it happens. Yeah, and then right. the frequencies are so high. And one of the problems they have is that they're operating on a very high frequency. They, they just exude this love and joy and bliss, a very high frequency. And so when you're hanging out with them, all of your stuff comes up, you know, all your wounds and traumas and wrong conclusions, past experience. And that's why there's a lot of this craziness in some of the abduction thing. A lot, a lot of times it's people's own fears, wow. you know, coming up and, and things like that. But it's, uh, it's, you know, there, there are some negative abductions too as well. I'm not downplaying that, but, mm. uh, the, the thing is, is that we have to rise the occasion, you know, we have to be kind of worthy of, of having that contact. If you're going to be working with spiritually and technologically advanced beings, you have to raise your frequency. And there's a lot of people in government that say these beings don't exist, and they're right for them, you know, because they haven't been able to make that connection, that jump. And uh, But there are enlightened scientists that have made that jump, and they, they know what the, the big picture is. Amazing. That is so well said. I, I really love how you, that makes a lot of sense to me because I've always kind of wondered to, to what end all this. And it makes sense. I remember hearing a anecdote of a, of a, on one of the shows, maybe it was on Gaia, of a military man. And he was involved with uh, contacting ETs. And he was told by his commanding officer, Ronnie, you've probably heard this anecdote, or they said, uh, okay, well, blah, blah, blah. And when, when you see the uh, entity, we'll, we'll catch you. And he was like a combat guy, 6'3", Marines, like, uh, no one's going to need to catch me. And as soon as he locked eyes with the being, he said, I, I woke up on the floor just from the vibration, <laughs> the, the energy vibration. And they sure enough were ready to catch him because they knew that any human who meets these things for the first time just can't handle it. It's them. like our Many. physical bodies can't handle that vibration, right. right? Yeah, a lot of people have a meltdown because their whole reality has change you know it's like when that's staring you in the face and you see it these shifts yeah. and everything you go it's a paradigm you know, shift huh? <laughs> yeah yeah you go wait a second they, they've lied to me all the time you know this they they have to go through this whole process of the universe is much bigger than they were told and they have to let go of all this religious programming and social consciousness and and it really it you know a lot of people have a real struggle with that well, uh, James, this has been awesome. We had some technical problems, so we've kept you too long, but we we so appreciate it. Ronnie is like, okay, so this is the equivalent of like 
it, you know, if we had my favorite band come on the podcast, he is so giddy. I've never seen him in, in two years. We've been doing this for over two years, and he is, I've never seen him so excited for a guest. So we have to get to Isetti. Yes. Uh, and we would love to meet you in person and, and experience it for a couple of days and, and just feel what it is. Yeah, definitely. Anytime, you know, anytime you want me to come on the show, I'd be glad to. Thank awesome, you. We're so James. grateful to have you, man. Thanks yeah. so much. Uh, another f***ing pickup. God damn. Oh, shit. We're recording. Want to go deeper into the mystery? Get the book Monsterland. Encounters with UFOs, Bigfoot, and Orange Orbs by Ronnie LeBlanc. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere fine books are sold. Again, go to eSETI.org if you'd like to attend a conference or a training at eSETI or if you just want to see some cool things happen in the night. James and his team will take great care of you. I know Ronnie and I are going to be there someday soon. Right now, I think it'd be a good time to read our new sponsor. I didn't know. I didn't tell you guys. We have we a new have sponsor. A sponsor. Yes, Audible. Really? Holy shit. That's a good one. How'd you get that, Maddie? No, they're not sponsors. Wow. I figured if I just said it, maybe they would listen. Uh, Squarespace? Or, or, or Zencaster? There's a barbershop in Lemonster that said they would, uh, they would advertise. Mil- Joey's. Mailchimp. We just lost, we just lost the, the Zencaster sponsorship because we said their service sucks. It yeah. comes out all the time. Yeah. And, and the, uh, Make ja- it better, Zencaster. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what it is time to do, though? What's up? I was just kidding. It is time for us to debut a new game. <gasps> Super. Let's play another round of Fact or Falcon. Fact or Falcon, Maddie and Ronnie, what the hell are you talking about? Well, if you're a regular listener to Monsterland, you'll know what we mean. Because Falcon was what our guest, uh, Mark D'Antonio. The head MUFON UFO and video analyst. He decides what's what with MUFON when they get a piece of evidence. He Basically took the video that Ronnie and I were all excited about. The Utah UFO The Utah video. UFO video yep. and said it was a falcon. So falcons become our swamp gas. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, <laughs> by the way, he was probably right, but um, it no. just kind of crushed my dreams. Uh, so we use it tongue-in-cheek, falcon to represent fiction, basically. Right. It, it's false. Uh, so this is a game we're going to play called Factor Falcon. It's quite easy. Producer uh, Dave is going to present to Ronnie and I a case. Maybe it's a sighting, mm-hmm. maybe it's a piece of video evidence, maybe it's a photo. We don't know. But that's the beauty of the game. And then we're going to say whether we think it's fact or falcon. Basically, real or bullshit. And you can play along at home. So, without any further ado, here we go. All right, here we go. Clip number one. I think it speaks for itself. Here we okay. go. Sup, you beautiful bastards. Hope you've been a fantastic Wednesday. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show, and let's just jump into it. And the first thing we are going to talk about today is this story and the panic around it that has blown up around this so-called Momo Challenge. And I'm going to let you know right at the beginning so there is no confusion. A big chunk of this story involves a hoax. A lot of the panic around this situation is being fueled by headline readers and people only seeing one thing, not diving deeper, and a large chunk of the media that is completely willing to get clicks off of this panic. But the main point of the story should be no matter what, if you are a parent to a young child, you should be monitoring what they are consuming online. There are bad actors, there are things that slip through, and you are the person enabling that child to access it. But all of that said, let's start at the beginning. So what exactly is the Momo Challenge? And understand here, we're going to be explaining what people have been saying the story is. So Momo, according to the story, is this figure that can be contacted via WhatsApp, and it appears with this really creepy image. Also, on that note, that image is actually of a statue made by a Japanese artist, although it's unclear how that image became attached to the Momo Challenge. 
account. But according to this story that was being spread around, people, most commonly teens and children, can reach Momo by texting a certain number on WhatsApp. The story saying most looks like a plastic version of the girl from The Ring, right, or something. You know what it looks like? It looks like Shelley Duvall in The Shining. It does. Yeah, you know, it really does. Creepy. To do dangerous things, including self harm and to send photographic proof. Also, allegedly ending with Momo asking the texter to commit suicide and record proof. Now, if this sounds familiar, it's because this challenge, which it was being called, all right. So the Momo challenge. I heard a little bit about this. First of all, my kids were were my youngest daughter was kind of scared about this yesterday. I was getting freaked out. Thinking so it's that basically it was something that can pop up at the end of a video, or you can contact they're it and it tells the, you to kill yourself. Yeah, they're putting it at the end of Peppa Pig. If you know what Peppa Pig, the show. I mean, like right, six year olds are watching this shit. Supposedly, yes, that this thing popped up. Yes, we don't know for sure, right? Because now I'm hearing it's a hoax. Right, but here here here's the thing. First, I want to talk about him. What's that guy's name? DeFranco. He's, yeah. he's a big YouTuber. I guess so. Philip DeFranco. How many millions is he? He's got one one point two oh million views god. on this video alone. Oh my god. Yeah. So he slaps on a lav mic, jump cuts himself with editing. He's got the cool, overly hip, spiky hair, and he's gonna lecture us about how to parent. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> but um no. Is this uh, a rant? Am I smelling <laughs> a rant? <laughs> smelling a rant. <laughs> Swear to God. All right, I'll do a rant. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. All right, pardon me. I've chambered one. Batten down the hatches, everyone. Hold on tight. Here we go. Oh, boy, better get that 30-second fast-forward button ready. It's time for another Maddie rant. Here's the thing. You think it's great, kids, all these, this YouTube, and and, and there are parts about it that are great, but YouTube personalities suck. And it's not an age thing where I'm like, oh, everything back in my day was great. Everything on nowadays sucks. It's not that. It's that literally the content sucks. It's just people spouting off from their desks about any opinion they might have. They're running out of time. They're like they're they're constantly they have to come up with something every day that they have to like spit out. Right. There. You're being you're being bamboozled into thinking it's good entertainment. But it's really not. I'm sure there are a couple cream of the crops that are super talented. But I'm talking about the mass of of YouTube celebrities, internet celebrities that are just pumping out bullshit. And we're losing the ability to respect craft. People who create, like Conan O'Brien or somebody like that, who actually is a genius comedically and can actually create something from A to B that takes thought and work and time and a career to craft his ability to communicate something to put on a show instead of someone just turning on a camera yeah, point and, and shoot. spouting off like a rant like I'm doing right now. Wait oh a my minute. God, I just wow, talked myself wow. into this is an getting, anti-rant. Getting out of hand. But what about the skillful way he edits out the pauses so it sounds like he's talking on top of himself? That's the other <laughs> Isn't that pleasing? It jump cuts so much that you know he sat in between the jump cuts. was like, all right, what's my next sentence? Right. Oh, you should monitor your kids what they watch. <laughs> Gee, there's a fucking daring take. There's a take I haven't heard before. Hey, parents, you really should monitor what your kids watch. Thanks a lot, spiky-haired, overly hip guy. Who am I yelling at? Who am I yelling at? I'm just glad you got that out. I need three days at East SETI. I need, <laughs> a, I need a, a coffee enema, and I need to see some fucking aliens. <laughs> I need to jump for the mixing board quicker you know when, what, when your rant is coming on to turn down the level. Do you know what I need to lot. do? What's that? Is I need to, you know what I need to do, Ronnie? Mm. I need to calm down, mm-hmm. and I need to take a look at the man in the mirror. Oh, no, you didn't. 
All right, I say that the whole Momo thing is Falcon. I think I think these Comic things. <laughs> I think these things can exist. And sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. Like is, where there's rumors this, of something like this. Is but this from, like a Slenderman kind of thing? Like this, well, that's the thing. You know? Slenderman became real, didn't it? It did. Now, whether it was a thing that existed, like I said, I said when we did the interview about Slenderman. Yeah, with uh, like that could have yeah. been in that it could have been put in the creator's subconscious. And there is evidence for a demon creature like that throughout time, a tall, thin demon of some kind. Yep. Uh, a tulpa that just existed in in all time, but whether that's true or not, it became real because people acted upon it. So, in that sense, Momo, quote unquote, could be fact because people will act on it. But I just think, in terms of what I've seen, I haven't seen one piece of video evidence that, like what you just said, is true—that it actually appeared some way. And mm. in fact, a friend of mine put out on social media: "Can someone actually send me a video of this? Because well, all I'm hearing is that it's out there, and no one found it." They, they are tying it to some suicide in Argentina. Well, they, they again—that's someone acting upon something. Yeah. But I'm talking. If David's question is, "Do you think that things are popping up?" That figure, a Momo, mm. I say it's Falcon. Boy, that family, that family had, had a tough run. <laughs> My God. Would um, you like clip number two for yes. um, yes. what are we playing again? As Dennis Miller said, weird. That family, that family gives themselves, gives each other new heads for Christmas. <laughs> um, yes, Factor Falcon. Let's Number play two. another round of Fact or Falcon. Oh wait, Ronnie, what was your? Do you, what do you think of Momo? Uh, I was starting to think it was something kind of like nefarious, like a psyops kind of thing. Like I felt like it was almost here's a great mm. way to kind of get into the the kids. All the kids are stuck to their phones, right? They're watching YouTube. What a way for a foreign government to kind of Ooh. like insert themselves. Inside, Ooh. it's almost like an attack from within, like kind a, of like a Russian or North Korea psyop or some, yeah. some kind. Creating, a, so creating you think this. it could be fact? Possibly. All right. Let's see what happens. I say Falcon. Ronnie says fact. Number two. One, one fact. One Falcon. Uh, Got it, guys. Uh, this comes from WKYC in Cleveland, and we'll let the clip speak for itself. Ooh. Strange things happen on live television all the time. So we take a live look. But would you call what happened on February 21st at 6:24 a.m. on WKYC strange? Several people certainly did. It's kind of difficult to interpret just because of the fact that you see this object coming up, going sideways, and the video is a little bit grainy. Published to YouTube by UFO Mania with over 15,000 views, many thought Ooh. that this was a oh UFO boy. captured during our live newscast, but the video is pretty grainy. So let's take a look at our actual newscast with a much more clear picture. Now, to me, this isn't a plane or Superman. It's obviously a bird. You can see the wings flapping, but don't take my word for it. I can actually see the wings going up and down. Thomas Wortman, the state director of the Mutual UFO Network of Ohio, came in to get a better look. So I'm sure we're seeing wildlife down What if that's a big likely. bird? <laughs> that, that thing, look at how it's moving. It though. looks like a thunderbird. Like Boy, a that's a great, bird. obviously, clearly, I, I think we can both say that that's, that's falcon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost a, literally. Yeah. But, but it's a really great lesson in... Boy, the first time they showed that clip. 
It looked like a UFO coming. Oh my god! It, yeah. it moves in an odd way. It yeah. moves super fast across the screen. It almost seems to leave a trail. It does, yeah. So again, another example of having to be very careful when we see these things to not, you know, freak out like I tend to do. And well, it did look like a meteor or something like that, or comet kind of streaking, and it looked like it changed direction. So it was yeah, like, it, oh my it, god, this looks like a it, UFO. Yeah, it almost yeah. moves in an unnaturally fast yeah. way. But uh, you can see the wings pumping when they when they uh, slow it down. So yeah, uh, Falcon. All right, Falcon. Falcon across the board on that one. Yeah, like. Well, they kind of. I. I could have. I should have cut off the end of that. They sucked the fun out of it when they told you right (laughs) away it was a bird. They're a TV station, and they should have milked the drama a little bit more. Oh, and by the way, sure. I want to talk about the original. That the the thing. Remember you sent me Ronnie about back to the Momo thing and about this this whole concept of these um. These kind of like. Messages, oh yeah, so, interrupting broadcasts yes. and things. So like there that. was one I was, and I just I went down a rabbit hole last night, started researching this, and back in uh, November twenty sixth. Now this is very interesting, and again I didn't know, I didn't know why this popped in my head. I do not know why this, but it was the Momo thing, and it just got me thinking about. Oh yeah, I remember there was a message that was inter- you know, intercepted a TV broadcast. Yeah, so a newscaster is doing the news. Yep, and, and this supposedly, is, and this is back in November 26, nineteen seventy seven, and I believe it might have just been in a certain part of southern England, where it was a Saturday night. It was five o'clock. Everyone's sitting around there, how you know, around the house watching TV, having dinner, whatever. And this message comes on, and it, and it intercepts. It changes, like the whole image ch- changes. And uh, a guy named Vrillian from the Ashtar Galactic Command comes on and says, "We're warning you. You're well. You're, let's let's uh, let's play yeah. a little bit of okay. it here. D- uh, Producer Dave has it. Let's play a little okay. clip. Here's the supposed newscast interrupted by an alien race. The Rhodesian nationalist leader Bishop Abel Muzarewa has accepted Mr. Smith's offer to negotiate an internal settlement based on one man, one vote." But, he says, there are conditions. These include stopping the execution of all captured prisoners of war, allowing the Roman state negotiation, being arrested. This is the voice of Omar, representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command, speaking to you. For many years, you have seen us as knights and as scholars. We speak to you now to service them as we have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. Why does every... No, why does every... I should have saved my rant for this. <laughs> why does every alien overlord have to talk like Vincent Price in a fucking 1955 wax horror movie? <laughs> you are listening to Volta from the planet. Like, why can't he just come on and just go like, hey. Hey, guys. You know... Listen. What's about the spoiled, <laughs> petulant child? It's time for another Maddie rant. Why is it that aliens have to put on some theatrically trained voice to? Tra- you can tell it's a guy in his in his uh, uh, well back then probably cable access station basement with a ham radio of some kind making a fake video of he's going to now try to sound uh, like an alien he thinks should now this sound. Is, now listen, this is 1977, right? This is before the digital age, but. <clears throat> What I find interesting is this is November 26, 1977. Guess what movie came out 10 days before? That would be, let's see, 77 Star Wars. No. Uh, <gasps> Star Wars Close Encounters? Out? Yes. Close, Close Encounters, Encounters came oh out November. Uh, was it the... Tw- yeah. 10 days before. 
So we were already kind of like our mind were focusing on aliens and, and UFOs right. and stuff. So maybe this was a real message that they kind of. Well, they hired the wrong voiceover actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this another one you wish you read for? You weren't even born. <laughs> God damn it. Why do they always <laughs> have to talk like this? Like when you have the channelers guy who channel aliens, these yeah. guys, like. Yeah. Not, oh, to, not to say that there aren't guys who can't do that, but a lot of them are probably not, you know, and the, yeah. they'll be like, all right, I'm going to cha channel the alien. I am Zoltan, <laughs> king of... Why, and they all have British accents. They put on some sort of pseudo mid-Atlantic accent. They can't just talk. You know what I mean? They're like Madonna after she married right. his face. Why can't they just go like, okay, here's a message from an alien. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> he was an alien, I think. Uh, but no, uh, listen... That video, there, there, there are a few of these floating around where like broadcasts yeah. are interrupted with messages. Now, because one is fake, this or well, allegedly this, fake, this has never ever been proven to be faked. This has never that, been proven to be a hoax. The, they they wrote an article and the guy goes, obviously this is a hoax, but he just assumes the way the way the screen goes looks very phony to me, theatrical. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. again, that it's it's here's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like a barely post-teen kid doing a voice of what he thinks an alien overlord would sound like, being very overdramatic, and you... And then, of course, if you listen to the whole thing, which I did, unfortunately, it's a... You know, it's it's some... It, it's is some, it Greg Brady again? <laughs> it's some vague, nebulous, you know, like, you are going to destroy your planet. We don't want you to destroy <laughs> your planet. Get rid of your weapons of mass destruction. Like, oh, another original take. <laughs> you know, tell us tell us something that's definitely going to happen. Like, in 40 years, you will vote in a red-haired huge man who wants to bring, build a wall. And he's going to sound like this, okay? He's going to sound exactly like this. Now, that I would be on board for. But just be because... Different. This just because this one, Ronnie, might have been faked, and I'm not saying it definitely was. Yeah, you know, doesn't mean that I don't think that there have been broadcast interruptions by nefarious forces. Like there are some famous ones, like a radio broadcast was interrupted with these bizarre sounds, and it reminds me of the stories that have come out recently mm. in recent years about like eco terrorism, like sound and noise terrorism, oh, yeah. right? And yeah, the, there's, freq there's frequencies, frequencies yes. yeah, that they use to kind of disorient, yes. make you feel sick. You can't even like, you start in headaches. So I'm going to yeah. call this one, this Momo-related one, Falcon. I will call it Falcon as well. All right, two Falcons. Two Falcons, congratulations. <laughs> you want to do one more? Yeah, this is fun. By the way, just real quick, there's a great documentary which which brought to mind the, the phony alien voice. Have you guys seen Abducted in Plain Sight? I haven't yet no, because haven't everyone yet tells me that like they know me and they're like, it's going to really upset you. Yeah, well, it upsets anyone with a good head on their shoulders, but you old softy Matty Blake, you, you might want to have some tissues ready, but oh. it's really well done. But the reason I brought it up is because um, this gives away only a very small detail of the mm -hmm. story, but we know it's about a guy who abducts a, a young child. He fools her into thinking that there are aliens calling all the shots and telling her to do certain things. Oh, no. And he does it by way of this robotic voice See? that comes through this this little intercom that he keeps right next to her bed. So it's, oh, it's chilling. It's and then the aliens, he gives the alien's name like Zoltan and Zim. Of course, Zim, it's always. And they always begin with a Z for some reason. Right. Yeah, Zoltan, right. Zoltar, or it's yeah. like uh, these, these fanciful names. Like, right. listen, if aliens really have this incredible knowledge and incredible technology... 
you would think they would tailor it a little bit the way they communicate with us yeah. into a way that would uh, make a little more sense to us. Like you know what I'm saying? Like so if I'm going to appear to say our buddy Dave, yeah. who saw the Sasquatch. Yeah. I would not app- uh, go to Dave and start Dave, the ascended <laughs> masters, I want you to get in touch with your inner chakras and uh, I would never do that cuz he'd be like, "What?" I'd be like, "Hey Dave, I have a message for you." I would try to tailor my delivery to the yeah. person I was delivering to just a little bit, sure. right? Mm. And who's to say that aliens are British? But <laughs> they all sound like William F. Buckley. They're all mid-Atlantic. <laughs> okay, here's our here's our final uh, wait up. Let's get our money's worth out of this voiceover. Let's play another round of Fact or Falcon. <laughs> Comes to us from Australia, mm-hmm. and the headline is uh, UFO-shaped uh, light spotted in video over the Australian uh, whatever outback, I guess. Here we go. Let's take a look. Decidedly UFO-shaped light in the sky has sparked a number of alien theories. The footage was taken as a strong thunderstorm raged over a remote area of Western Australia. As flashes of lightning illuminated the sky, the saucer-shaped form appears, moves off camera, then reappears. That footage was shared via Twitter by Broom Police, which also noted it appears we were not alone. Many Now... I, I feel like a reflection from inside the place. Well, what's weird is that there's a massive thunderstorm going on with lightning. So it's easy to think that it's some sort of light anomaly uh, related to the lightning, right? Yeah. But we'll look to the right mm-hmm. on the image, okay. the video. Yeah. You see, like, a, there's a reflection almost like, what is that? It's like almost like houses that. Right here? Yes. I think that's a reflection of the screen when the guy's shooting. Like, I think it's. Like his house. You know what I'm saying? Like it looks yeah. like it's a screen grab. Got Maybe not. Let's see. But I feel like that could be a, a lamp of some sort or something inside the house. Oh, I see what you're saying. Reflection. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Good call. Sorry, our internet's suddenly on the blank, so the guys are looking at a reloading video at the moment. I would Let's say I would say this is a, a big flying light falcon as well. <laughs> I feel a Millennium like, Falcon? Mm, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's Falcon. Ronnie, I say Falcon. Have yeah. you guys heard of this case before? Because this no, one I, I might have, not, have an answer. I, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, if, if it would is this is this fairly new, producer? It Dave? was fairly new. Um, let me see if I can pull it hmm. down and figure out a little more. Of Someone that. doesn't want us to watch it. I know the uh, shocker. <laughs> Hello, Ratty and Ronnie. This is your alien overlord. I don't want you watching this video. <laughs> Do you have any Vicks Vapor Rub? <laughs> what? My nose is stuffy. That does not the look like... The footage was taken as a strong thunderstorm raged over a remote Something area in the of house. western Australia. Because he's not as moving. Of See, like that reflection the sky, over there on the, the right. The form appears, he's not moves moving. off camera, then reappears. That footage was shared via Twitter by Broom Police, wow. which also noted, it appears we were not alone. Many who responded agreed. One person wrote, it's a damn alien, but not sure if it's Area 51 replica vehicle or an intergalactic vehicle. Insane footage. Some did manage to keep a cool head and explain the UFO was likely just a lens flare caused by the headlights of a nearby car. Notably, one of them also commented, aliens probably exist, but this isn't it. Yeah, it does. It does. Circular circular reasoning there. It does look like uh, some sort of light anomaly to me. It's translucent. Do you know what I mean? Um, which which is more, it's almost more angelic than it is I'm, UFO. I'm jaded now since Mark D'Antonio has been I on this, know. the show. Mark. God damn you it. You and your damn Ruined falcons. 
<laughs> All right, I say this one's a Falcon too. Falcon. All right, All right. Falcons dominate this episode. Yeah, they but stay did. tuned for the next installment of Fact or Falcon. That was great. Hi, everybody. I'm Chami Perel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The Irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast. The hilarious show known as Shawshanked. And the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. Let's open up our sacks. Wow, let me rephrase that. Sweet baby Jesus. Let's open our mail. Now it's time for monster mail. Yeah, it's like everyone's doing a bad. It's like everyone's doing a bad silence to the lambs when they do aliens. Yeah, have the aliens stop crying, Clarice? <laughs> By the way, overrated movie. Silence of the Lambs. Overrated movie. Jonathan Demi. How dare you, Matty Blake? Overrated. Wow. That performance. His performance is is almost comically uh, laughable what? at times. <clears throat> and then there, there's a scene. Okay. This is another like rant. A spoiled, petulant child. It's time for another Jesus. Maddie rant. Oh, no. Listen, right, there should fine. be a listen, there should be a cap on rants per episode. <laughs> but you, you can't right. just whip out rant here, rant there, hey, rant everywhere. You guys Wait, was, I'm doing a rant now. It what was is your bright idea to have the voice guy do the rant thing? <sighs> How can you expect me not We don't have one for a Ronnie rant. Sorry, Ronnie. Hey, here's the problem with Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> You never notice. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, when I turn into Andy Rooney, for God's yeah. sakes, I'm like a 40-something-year-old Andy Rooney. Uh, but the problem with The Silence of the Lambs is it's so wildly overrated. It's fine. It's fine. But he, His performance or the whole movie? Both. What? There, there are performances that are so over the top of that movie. Like, there's a scene where he, the, the senator or whatever they- The guy with the wrist? My wrist! Oh, my God. They wheel him <laughs> in. First of all, they put him in a fucking art museum in a cage. How many criminals do you know? How many serial killers? <laughs> hey, 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 everyone. Uh, Ted Bundy uh, ate a bunch of people. And put who's the guy who put, put him in, their, in his freezer? Uh, Dahmer. 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 Jeffrey hey, everybody. Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer ate a bunch of people and killed a bunch of people. Let's put him in an art gallery. <laughs> in a big cage. And then, right. oh, let's wheel him out on a dolly and put a mask on him. It's the most preposterous scene. And he does that. <laughs> like, I, I laughed out loud in the theater when he did that. I was looking around like, does everyone think this is scary? Everyone's like, oh, my God. I'm like, I was laughing. And then the, some of the performances, some of the, the performances around him. Are yeah. Rewatch that movie. If you haven't watched I will now. Land, I, I, do, I will. You, you will be laughing. There's this evil uh, doctor character that's all excited that he's got his hands on Hannibal Lecter, and he is so over the top. So rare to actually like over catch acting. one of them. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> that guy. I had actually, I used to know his name when I would rant about Silence of the Lambs to oh nobody. Usually, <laughs> it's, nobody. Usually it's just poor just, Yoko in the passenger seat. And I'm to just, the man in the mirror. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, wildly overrated movie. Man. 
but you didn't like Jodie Foster's earnest portrayal oh as God. the FBI agent. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and then there's pro quo Dr. Lecter. And they hammer you over the head with so many points, like uh. the sexuality of, of, of an FBI agent, like her being a female. It's like, all right, we get it. It was probably very tough and difficult, but there's like literally scenes where she's like jogging at Quantico and this guy's like, hey, nice ass. Like slaps her in the ass. I'm like, I'm sorry. This would not happen. Uh, Starling, it really burned you when I uh, left you outside of the room there, didn't it? Oh, my God. It matters, sir. Uh, it, really, it matters, sir. <laughs> the lamb, stop crying, Clarice. <laughs> my name is Roland. All right. Um, or she just like a big, fat person. <laughs> the good, he's great in that. Uh, the good thing about Monster Mail is it's your chance to rant about anything you want. Uh, we got sent an email uh, link to a story, Ronnie. Canada says it's going to the moon. Whoa. Justin Trudeau says they're going to the moon. How? Uh, they have, they've unlaid the whole plan. Um, apparently, they're going to uh, fuel it with poutine. <laughs> and, uh, no, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Canada now because of all my work there. I love the people of Canada. But I just, uh, you know, hey, they've never really done anything like this. You know what right. I mean? Like when you think world powers of... yeah. Technology or space exploration, you don't think Canada necessarily? No, yeah, seriously. What has Not Canada to really them, done? But uh, so I say good on them. Yeah. Our neighbors to the north, uh, I, I hope you fly into that moon. They could be the cause of Momo. Canadians? Yes. No way. Way too nice. Exactly. Cana- it's the perfect oh. cover. <laughs> right. The Canadians, they look like everybody else. That's why they could be <laughs> That's aliens. Right. Or- they walk among us. And uh, someone also sent us in relation to that NASA says humans are going to Mars, which we've known they've wanted to do, right. but they've actually released a plan. And Jocelyn sent us a message, uh, Jocelyn Powell's on Facebook, Ancient Alien says we're there already. The great Ancient Alien show on History Channel. Uh, so what do you think? Humans going to Mars, Ronnie, is going to happen uh, anywhere I, near our lifetime? I believe they've already been there. I've, I believe that we have okay. a base there already that they've been... You know, the whole talk of these jump rooms and all this stuff with yeah. Andrew Basagio, the right. time travel... I, I believe that they have already been okay, already there. In terms of a of a, you know, a relocation. Public, well, no, no, just like a a public uh, aware, like not a secret program like yeah. us landing on Mars and everyone cheering at NASA like that scene. Will that happen in our lifetime? I think so. Wow. Yeah, I think but it's okay. going to be someone like Elon Musk that's going to be one that's going to Yep, he's okay. going to be the one that's going to touch down and I don't know. All right. NASA says they're going to beat him to it, I think with their little plan, but we'll see. Uh, also, there was a Smithsonian story posted on our page about supposedly the Smithsonian uh, destroyed giant skulls. Skeletons, yeah. A lot of the, um, I mean, there's, if you do, there's a book, uh, the title escapes me right now, but there's a book that compiles all these different articles going back from the early 1900s, late 1800s about these skeletons and skulls that were found in the different mounds throughout North America. The Native Americans talked about them. Some of them were red-haired giants. And these were these 10, 12-foot, 8-foot mm-hmm. uh, tall beings yeah. that supposedly the Smithsonian Institute came in and, and took them. And a lot of people are saying that this is not true, but there's a lot of... Yeah, some people are saying the source is a f- uh, fake source. Brian wrote us uh, on our Facebook page, World News Daily is another satire site. Um, James says this is utter BS. See now, let me let me just make a comment here. Please, <clears throat> that's why I do. It. Remember what I talked about, um, National Enquirer. Yeah, and now that was owned by the CIA, uh, uh, an individual that was tied to the CIA. Yes, and when you release a story through that, 
when it's already unknown, um, you know, any stories that come through here are fake or whatever. If you have a story that breaks, you want to get it in that paper first because then no one will take it fucking seriously. Bingo. And here's a perfect example of that. Now, what that commenter doesn't realize, or maybe does, but I would say he doesn't, is that there's documented evidence that proves that there were hundreds of these skeletons that were taken. Just because they posted it on their article, mm. do a little digging, and you'll yeah. see that there is actually some some research. Pun intended, do Seriously. a little digging. And the Bible references giants, yes. and now we're finding uh, evidence in- David in, and Goliath. We're, and, we're yeah. finding evidence uh, in, in um, the Holy Land of, of some evidence of, of, of giant creatures. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's and, you know, people always talk about where's all the Bigfoot bones. Maybe these are them. And they also uh, found something in Russia. I remember uh, evidence of a, of a giant and that was mysteriously, that site was closed and they couldn't research there anymore. So very, very, mm-hmm. so you're right. So that's a key point you make, Ronnie, just because something is put on a site, which is a bogus site yeah, or, the, or, or, or questionable, their, their right, research or, efforts or or elements or, of the story are bogus. That actually could be a really great way to throw out disinformation. Oh, absolutely. Well said. Um, Let's see. A lot of follow-up to the paranormal special I mentioned at the beginning of the episode from uh, the Curse of Oak Island paranormal special. Uh, Let's see. Oh, cool little moment here on Twitter where have you – David, producer Dave, you're a technical guy. Have you heard of Plex? Yeah. um, I – Put it on all my uh, desserts. It's delicious. No, no, no. Plex seeds. Plex seeds. Plex is something that helps you apparently get your podcasts uh, because a listener reached out on our Twitter and said, I can't find your podcast on at Plex. Any suggestions? I replied, I'm not really technologically savvy. Uh, I know we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. I'm not sure how Plex works. Get an iPhone like the rest of the universe. And uh, (laughs) Plex actually responded. Friend. Really? Oh, really? Plex responded. They said, even if a particular podcast might not currently be in the catalog, you can always add it manually for your account. So Plex, I think, is a way to, as I understood it by looking at the site for five seconds, Mm -hmm. in my cursory research, research. Yeah, uh, I think it's a way to put podcasts or media on on different devices across platform. Yeah, it looks like yeah? they do a lot of video. So okay. it, uh, the way they pitch it is your favorite movies, TV, music, web shows, podcast is listed sixth, but it's listed. Right. And you know what, Maddie, I'm going to do some research and look into that. Our podcast on pod617.com are on our website, they're on iTunes, and they're on Spotify, but we wouldn't mind putting them elsewhere, too. That so was from Stephen. Thank you. And thank you, Stephen. Thank says, you, uh, thanks all. Can't wait to listen to this. Thank you, Plex, too. Uh, our new sponsor, Plex. Plex. Uh, Derek said, great show. Chain them. He heard chain them. We, we heard, Ooh, a, yeah. we, we heard yes. an EVP, and there was some debate whether it was Jason or chain them mm. that we picked up an EVP on the island. Uh, Derek says he heard chain them. Uh, Dan says, Dr. High Blake. <laughs> that's pretty oh, funny boy. that's pretty funny of course uh, <laughs> reference to Project Blue Book's uh, character who came up in the interview tonight yes he did actually did research Dr. J. Allen Hynek yep. Dr. Hynek did research at East Eddy at right. the mountain yeah unbelievable yep. um, fun episode nice job says Jacob Charlie says your talent is at least as deep as 10x great stuff man. <laughs> thank you a little Curse of Oak Island reference Charlie is my uh, burner account my fake burner <laughs> no, thank you, Charlie. Charlie Wild. Uh, actually, Charlie Wild was a great. Um, it, it was a great in Boston. Um, 
DJ and now does it on uh, nationally for uh, Sirius, I believe. Oh, wow. Yep. Cool. Like seven minutes seven. Yeah, shout out. Okay, uh, a lot of people sent us the messing with Sasquatch ad. Have you guys uh, seen this? Hysterical. The new one. Let's just say you get a, a. Well, I think it's one that's been banned. Like you can't yeah. see it in the U.S., but they play it in Europe, and it's pretty friggin' funny. Yeah. So basically, they put Sasquatch's hand in some warm water, and right. you can imagine what happens. <laughs> What's that song by um, the Beatles? Golden showers fill my eyes. <laughs> Jeff yeah, Link's Beef Jerky presents. Messing with Sasquatch. And they approach the Sasquatch. He's sleeping. And they are eating beef jerky. As Enjoying their delicious beef jerky. Camping hipsters often do. And they're putting his big Bigfoot hand into warm warmed water. Up, they warmed up the water with some fire. There. And this guy takes it right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Sasquatch, Sasquatch has a healthy, healthy stream. Feed your wild side. <laughs> well said. A healthy stream indeed. He does not need a Sasquatch proctologist. <laughs> uh, but it, it begs the question, um, you know, as our guest tonight said, all kidding aside, you know, some of these beings might be more highly advanced. Some of them might yeah, be spiritually. You know, very basic. Um, those are the more scary ones. Um, so maybe it's not even a situations where, where, situation where these things have normal bodily functions, but you would think if a eight-foot being creature the size of Sasquatch living in the woods were to urinate, it would indeed look something like that. Right. I know you guys don't and haven't exactly celebrated that ad campaign in the past because it, it makes Sasquatch into a cartoon. Yeah. Oh, I, but I that, love them. I think they're fun. Oh, do you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, do. Well, that's good. Well, yeah. you have, well, you're a kind soul. You have a sense of humor. But that one, that one uh, it, it's cartoonish, but the, the sort of underlying message is... Don't don't go play in some common practical joke on Sasquatch because you don't know what's going to happen. Ah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that is that's true. The general theme. Yeah. It is. Th- it does kind of have a protectionist, uh, conservationist message to it. Yeah, yeah. Because the guys doing it are always kind of jerks, and they always right. get their comeuppance right by right. messing with nature. Yeah. So well said. Yeah, you're right. All right, now I'm just like when Bill Murray got slammed by the ghost in Ghostbusters. Yeah, know? right. Didn't know what he was dealing with. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, this has been so much fun. Thanks to James and the people at East SETI for the interview tonight. Thank you all. You can reach us. Ronnie, how do they reach us? Monsterland, Monsterland uh, Report at gmail.com is our email. You can go to Monsterland Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can reach out to us on, on Facebook on our personal pages, too. And remember, everybody, <laughs> you can make a change. Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland Podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share, or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Monsterland Pod. Until we meet again in Monsterland. Dabby dabby!